Yo, what up? This is the Steel Real, the in-house draft house podcast. I'm your host, Petey Steele. What's going on? Today, I have a very special guest uh, with me today. She's a good friend of mine from a lot of places, really. We <laughs> might get into that. We might not. But um, that being said, uh, you know, she's a incredible person overall, but also a mom, a businesswoman, and... Uh, enthusiast of tattoos, um, am I getting everything right, a Texan, <laughs> um, a lot of other cool shit, so I brought her on today, and you're going to enjoy it, so I present to you Megan Leonard. Hello. How's Actually, it going? legally, it's still moody. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> wow, you guys didn't even go to the fucking courthouse? We, uh, I mean, we did, but you have to like legally change it and go through the social security, and I mean, you know. Has it always been like that? My dad and mom got out a courthouse wedding. Yeah. Yeah, and my dad was such a skinflint that he refused <laughs> to even, like, pay the fucking quarter to the parking meter so they could get out going go <laughs> to the courthouse until finally his sister, my dear aunt, who now is my mother's best friend, even post-divorce, was just like, dick, just fucking yeah. pull over, I'll pay the, you know, parking fee or whatever, that they went, got a slip side, and that yeah. was that. I mean, I feel like an asshole, I'm not going to lie. I'm just lazy, and, like, it, it's, you mm-hmm. know. And also, I think that a part of me, the inner feminist, is like, no. Right. I'm never going to change my name. I'm going to take my shoes off here. Yeah, 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 that's fine. I'm getting comfy in the green, green room. That's cool, man. Um, but yes, yeah, so, moody. But on Facebook, it's Leonard, so that's official, right? Yeah. <laughs> Facebook changes everything, man. It does. It that does. seems to be the uh, currency for how... You know, futures are secured or exactly. destroyed, and you know, jobs are secured or <laughs> lost. Um, pasts are just, you know, your future. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's and whatever nice. Facebook says is true. That's so, right. It's nice know. dystopia. Yeah. By Mark Zuckerberg. So that seems to be, and this is funny too, because as much as I like you very much that does seem to be a lot of the bulk of our correspondence these days is via facebook i know i know i haven't seen you face to face in quite some time yeah i think i was still really pregnant when i saw you last yeah yeah i think it, <laughs> i think you were yeah and you know i understand you know motherhood definitely makes you act right yeah um not hang around low lifes like pd steel but <laughs> that being said i mean it just it's it's amazing to me how Facebook currency has become this thing where people don't really do any more face-to-face interactions like that yeah. anymore. Like, you know, second-tier, third-tier acquaintances, no more. Yeah. You know, the only people I feel I see sometimes are the people I get stuck with, like work or like mm-hmm. family or whatever, this fucking you have comedy to see scene. Because I have to see them. <laughs> I have no choice, you know? But... Anyway, so so what have you been doing? I mean, oh, motherhood. When did yeah. that happen, if officially? Um, so I had her March 24th. Okay. And she is seven months old now. Wow. So it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went back to work, um, and that's been awesome. I'm so glad to be back at work. And tell everybody what you do. I might have mentioned um, it, but I don't know. So I do hair for a living. That's what pays the bills. Boom. Yeah. And that's been really really cool i just got on board um with glam squad and that's been really fun that's new to me um and What's then i glam still have my, squad own, my own business for too. the listeners most well, of my so, <laughs> fan bases crew cuts i it's, think it's actually pretty cool like the so i'm not gonna go into full detail about it because you know go, anyone can google it but basically long story short it's a company who comes to you mm-hmm. so like instead of uh, you know, going to the salon and trying to fit in with your hairdresser. There's a whole team of people that that uh, can come to you. And actually, only seven percent of the people who apply to be a stylist with with this company they hire only seven percent. So you have to like know your shit. You know? Wow. Yeah. Like you have to be. You have. So it's to like be, elite special yeah, forces for fucking stylists. It's, it's really fun. And the people I work with, it's super cool. I mean, I I love it. That's great. And then I have my business that I still do on Sundays and Mondays. So I kind of do like Glam Squad in the odd hours, early in the morning, 
like sometimes 6 a.m. <laughs> and then I do Saturdays with when she's with the when my baby's with a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And then Sundays and Mondays when she's with Sean. Wow. But it's been fun. It's been and then I paint on top of that. I went back to painting. Nice. I started doing um, as a hobby or. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it just it's something new. So you know, abstract painting. Who would have thought? <laughs> I would think so. so. Yeah. Were you a been, big painter growing up? Not. I mean, I was. But not really. It was. I'm more of a drawing, fine arts, realistic, still life kind of thing. I did portraits for a long time, mm-hmm. and I made some money, so I made a living doing that too for a while. But, um, but hair has just been my thing. You know, I got to hustle some hair. Right. Now I'm trying to hustle both paintings and hair and be a mom. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. <laughs> I think you're fun. keeping it's busy. Been great. That's great. You should be busy. You know, I often pose the question to people. You know. Even if you got mega rich, because sometimes I'll just want to do that. Um, and mm-hmm. what would I do then? I'd just do nothing. I know, right? And I think I'd get bored, and then I'd be like, yeah. I kind of miss life when I made like 70 grand. I think if I were rich, like big baller rich, I'd probably relapse and go back to... Because <laughs> I would have no reason to work, you know? Like... There would be no structure. I I would be a fool with tons of money. Good. I that's, know I would. That's what I was waiting for you to say, so we can talk about what yeah, we met. We can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Megan in a secret society <laughs> of alcoholics and addicts, um, most affectionately known as. AA, mm-hmm. yet although today with the preponderance of secular humanism, it may just be triple A or something like right? that today. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's interesting because I, I haven't really been as involved in that. Not that I was like mm-hmm. uber involved when we met either, but mm-hmm. I've been sober now, what, 11 years? And oh, man, that's awesome. Life has just changed. I mean, for the much better, but also. You know, I'm not really as linked with that group anymore. I've kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't want to say I've outgrown it. I don't be yeah. disrespectful. But for yeah. me, I feel I kind of have. And I'm just yeah. sort of like, on the fringes. Um, I'm glad you said that. And reason being is that I, I have, like, I've been to one meeting since I had my daughter. Wow. One. And that was, right, that was like three days before my dad died. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was in July. So... Sorry about was, that. My condolences. Thank you. Uh, thank you. But, yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's... I am very grateful for what AA has done for me. I'm not going to talk shit about the mm-hmm. program because I think yeah. that, you know, I wouldn't. we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I also... I don't want to live, breathe, eat, shit, AA rhetoric, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can live my day and not have to quote the fucking big book. Yeah. You know? And I'm still sober. I, I mean, I haven't had a drink, and and I got five years, June 24th. Great. So you know, my I sounds like we work our program a little differently than, and yeah. that's okay. You yeah. know, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. That's what some of them tell you when you start, but then once you're kind of in it, then they're like, "Hey, man, you yeah. know, when are you gonna start doing these fucking steps and all that yeah. sort of thing?" Well, see, I never worked. I any never of finished them. my 12 steps. I know it's not something to brag about, but it's funny because I don't meet a lot of people that actually. Don't finish their 12 steps. So, no, I know. Um, you know, it's very like, you know, it's a very based on some kind of bibliotherapy where mm-hmm. a lot of people get into that and they buy like extra literature, like workbooks. Right. It right. reminds me of how I looked at video games when I was like a kid. You know, I'd yeah. buy like the Nintendo Power and like the cheat codes and yeah. all that sort of shit. It's kind of like, it almost feels like a pyramid scheme too, in a way. Because yeah. they're like, you have to. You need to buy this book. You buy this. You know, I think I have an entire bookshelf of AA books. Do you? Living Sober books. And Bill this, start, whatever the fuck. You know, like, yeah. I, there's so many. Bill there's, sees it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I have that, I have that book. <laughs> I had two of them. I, I read the whole big book the mm-hmm. first week I was sober. I, I set yeah. off like I'm on a mission. Um, it's a good book. It is good. There's some great yeah. stories and testimonials and some advice and shit yeah. like that. But then, I don't know, the more I kind of like watched people in it and everything and yeah. figured out who I could learn something from and yeah. who I wasn't going to get much out of and yeah. 
yeah. all of that, and then heard all the idioms they fling around every yeah, day. Yeah, that you know? turned me off big time. Yeah, when it I just, started to hear the same shit. And yeah, every, and then you would go like to different noise. meetings. Like mm-hmm. everyone was like, "You should hit up another meeting." Well, mm-hmm. I did that. Different locations, different times, different demographic, and you would still hear the same fucking shit. I know. But I I still haven't had a drink, so yeah. that's good. Right? No, that's great. That's <laughs> it's fantastic. definitely like it reson resonated in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, I think I have this deep complex where I'll I'll go straight to hell if I have a drink. <laughs> no, no, I, like, I'm you know? I'm similar. Um, and at this die. point, I'm, I'm yeah. like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I think though too, like, I wouldn't. It's funny since ever since I've been like nine months sober, right. I remember having maybe it was like that. What do they talk about where the compulsion gets lifted or whatever, mm-hmm. like. I had a moment where I sat there and tried to envision myself going to, like, a kegger or mm-hmm. some kind of thing and getting fucked up and doing whatever. Maybe there was a line hanging around, take a yeah. blast. And then I was like, after being sober this long, I couldn't even imagine what right? that would be like. Yeah. It, I have no I have no need or desire to do that, you know? Yeah. Especially now that I'm a mom. And I, not only do I have my infant daughter, I got two stepkids. I got an 18-year-old in college, and I have a 12-year-old who is a prodigy, you know. I'm not, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not trying to... No, no, I know. Is this the athletic prodigy one you were talking about on Facebook? He plays for Barcelona, Mm -hmm. and he's on the uh, Olympic development team. Nice. And he also got um, accepted to be on this national team for futsal. Have you heard of futsal? Futsal. Yeah, I saw that word, and I was like, wait a minute, what is that? Because it's like... It's, it's like it's soccer. But. It's kind of like soccer. I'm not an expert on this, so oh god, you know, I, no, I'm just going by what I see. It's kind of like soccer, but it's 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 almost like a choreographed, like I don't even know how to say. It. I'm probably getting this all wrong, but it's a, like a dancing soccer. Like it's beautiful. The footwork is really cool and intricate, you know. And and to me, to me, it looks like dancing. And playing soccer. Is it competitive or is it like yeah. synchronized soccer? No, it's not synchronized. It's cool though. It's cool to watch. It's like a winter, like a lot of soccer people play that in the winter time. So it's indoor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. I don't know. It's cool. So he's he's a, a a prodigy when it comes to that. He's stupid talented, you know. So this is Sean's first kid, or this is, Liam is uh, his second, his son, and Gemma. She's the one in, in college, so that's she's right, a freshman, and she's so freaking smart. His kids are like, they're just really talented kids. They're mm-hmm. very smart, very athletically inclined. You know, wow. it's it's definitely didn't come from my family. So <laughs> there's no, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the future holds for Olivia. I have no idea, but. Yeah, no. I think she's got some big shoes to fill when it comes to her brother and sister. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, she's got half the, half the genes to do the athletic shit and yeah. then the other for the art and painting and yeah. styling and all that. That's true. You know, it'll be cool. And the resilience. Yeah. She's going to be a dick. That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's definitely I got can't that wait. Yeah, she's going to be a stubborn little shit. <laughs> I know she will. <laughs> Everyone's joking. They're like, you shouldn't cuss so much in front of your baby. And I'm like, her first word's probably going to be something terribly offensive. And I'm okay with that. Cussing is like the least these days in terms of like yeah. what causes offense. Yeah. Like I think if I say something like the good old days within the next two years, I'm going to be like impugned for cultural insensitivity. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what like, good old if days? You're, if you, so it was I, never that good. <laughs> Except for your white straight ass or something, you know, and I'll be like, fuck, I mean, I guess I got used to a certain parlay, so now I gotta remedy all this shit again, I don't know. So I I spoke at my dad's memorial service, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I had to read this really long, heartfelt thing that I wrote, and of course there were cuss words in there, and like, my Mm -hmm. family is pretty, pretty conservative for the most part. And very church-going people, so you can't even like growing up. My grandparents weren't we weren't even allowed to say fart, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So they would say you have to say pass gas or toot. <laughs> and then my granddad would like. They don't really talk like that. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> but my granddad made up a word because we couldn't even say butt. He said bohygienist. So <laughs> in my in my speech, I said things like badass or shit 
or asshole or something mm-hmm. along those lines. I didn't I didn't say fuck or anything like that because you just that, you just can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think that they were a little taken back, and I was like, you know, if you're really offended by just those sprinkled in cuss words, you clearly didn't listen no. to anything I said. Yeah. So, fuck it. If people are offended by cuss words, they have their own issues they need to address. I agree. <laughs> so, not my problem. Whatever. Yep, yep. I, I don't doubt that she will grow up with the mouth of a sailor. She will. And it'll be great. It'll be lovely. <laughs> yeah, I never could uh, stand any, like, people that just couldn't let go and stuff like that. Yeah. It just seemed... I can't trust they, people who don't I, Yeah, me neither. I really, I can't. They got something to hide. Yeah, they do. They do. They have this facade, you know, and I'm not down with it. In fact, my stepdaughter, she's like super straight-laced, right? Super good kid. Very involved in her church, you know. And I remember the first time I heard her say, fuck. Yeah. It was the best. And it was so appropriate, too, because it was yeah. in the perfect uh, context. context. Like, I was... Uh, <laughs> I was giving her a bikini wax, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the poor thing, she's never had that before. Because I asked her, I said, it's summertime. She's like, Megan, I'm happy that she feels comfortable with me. Like, I love her to death. Just to get a bikini wax from you, yeah. Right, you know? And so, I said, you know, Gemma, we could go to a professional. We could both go. I'll take you. I'll, I'll, you know, treat you to that so you can have a professional do that. I'll just get out the push mower. She was like, (laughs) she's like, Megan, I don't, I don't know if I want to like, I'm just, can you do it? And I was like, I mean, I can, I have the wax. I mean, I do, you know, it's fine at home. I was like, but do you trust me? It's not like I normally like do this, you know, what? I don't want to like bruise you and like rip your skin off, you know, cause that, that could happen. Right. But thank God it didn't. But (laughs) she's so cute. She doesn't really like cuss that much and she you know how we say like motherfucker yeah. you know and that's my favorite word to say is motherfucker but um she she's so adorable I pulled off the first you know strip and mm-hmm. she goes fuck my mom I was like no <laughs> I was like it's <laughs> not quite you're close but you're not quite there but yes <laughs> motherfucker like this isn't you know f- <laughs> this deserves a fuck because it hurts, you know? And she was like, fuck my mom. I'm like, no, that's, no. Almost, but not quite. Yeah, it's like, you could keep the word, just change the target yes, demographic exactly. for that one. Oh, man, that's so cool she lets you do shit like that, though. Oh, she's great. She's awesome. Both kids are awesome. In college now, where? She's uh, at Bridgewater. Where is that? It's kind of, it's in Virginia, the one in Virginia. It's, um... The one, there's more? The yeah, one? there's oh. another Bridgewater, um... I think in, I think it's in Connecticut. They're affiliated. I don't even remember. I'm horrible. No. 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 Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Mm. I'm terrible. I don't. Are they part of like an order of like religion or anything or like? I don't think so. Um, I I don't think they are. But she. Because like the Loyola's like to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it could be. I don't. I don't really know. I should probably know this information, but I don't. No, it's yeah. cool, but she likes it. Yeah, she loves it. She's doing really good. She's an honor, honor student. She's in the honors dorms, and she's so honors freaking dorms. smart. She's a straight-A kid, you know? Like, it's insane. She's an amazing, amazing kid. She's Just somewhere do... you go for internal quietude. Yeah. The honors dorms. The honors dorms. You never know, man. I bet you anything she's going to surprise us with, like, you know get a little crazy in her college years i don't know she's such a good kid i wouldn't why not that's, that's what happened to me yeah. in a way that's kind of my big part of my story of addiction i mean like high school i was out in the city i was doing things whatever but not really the alcohol and drugs so yeah. much i was more just like into rap and walking around being a tough guy and whatever yeah. and then you know i got to college and i was like all right let's fucking party Wow. You know, I just, I met four or five times. I knew alcohol was always going to be a part of my life. I just yeah. didn't know how much. Yeah. And I didn't think I would ever get, like, overtaken by yeah. any influences or things like that. I just kind of felt like, all right, you know, just roll with the punches here or there. But I knew I had to get into college. And I knew right. that if I got into, like, an elite kind of school, which I did with the University of Wisconsin. Nice. Um... I thought, and at that time, everybody believed this, that that was going to write your ticket. Like, an elite college was all mm-hmm. you fucking needed to be, like, a productive 
middle to upper middle class citizen if you wanted mm-hmm. to work a little harder. You weren't going to be rich, but you were going to be pretty damn comfortable. Yeah. And from where I came from, that was amazing. I mean, yeah. that was a big transition. We were kind of in middle to lower middle, you know, and I lived with my mom and all of that. So then I get to school and fucking hey man people partying you know three four nights a week and then everybody kind of rationalizes how much they're partying and they're you know saying oh Wisconsin's so great because it's this school where like you can party every night but also get like four O's because you're real smart and all that and that's just all fucking urban legend it's a hard school that kicks your fucking ass and you're gonna go through some phases of managing your partying around your drinking and your drugs and all that and I managed okay I got out fine but I did a lot of bad bad shit yeah stuff that haunts me sometimes to this day I mean that's a fucked up thing is like you get sober and then 10 or 11 years yeah. down the road they start to remember things start coming did. back and yeah. it's like oh man I'm not yeah. fucking proud of a lot of that stuff yeah. and I feel you. I don't, you know, I just I got out. I, I wish I could have managed it, though. That's that's impressive that you were able to party and and still keep your academics lined up, you know. That's mm-hmm. it. See, I went to college. I never graduated, though. I was really? Just, I was too much of a dumbass, you know. No I, couldn't. I, yeah. But I started partying really, really young. My parents are both bikers, you know, more so my dad. And my dad was an addict, too. And mm-hmm. he, he was all up on crystal meth and. Uh, PCP, he was shooting it up, you know, at his worst. And I grew up with seeing just a party, you know. And I, I don't even remember. I was so young when I had my first drink. I don't even know. Maybe I was six. I don't really know. I have no idea. But I didn't, obviously, I didn't drink, like, regularly at six years old. <laughs> but I definitely loved the way it tasted. I had a margarita, and I used to chug beer with my dad, and I, I fucking loved it. And then, like... You know, I got older and started to do drugs and drink as well. And I did a lot of drugs early on in life, in middle school and high school. So when I went to wow. college, I was like the one kid that was kind of like, eh, I don't really care. Like, I've been there, done that. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Like, sure, like, I'll smoke a blunt. Like, who gives a fuck? You know, sure, like, I'll, I'll drink because I drink. Right. You know, I just, but everybody else is doing it for the first time. So yeah. it's a little strange for me to, to be the one that's like, Eh. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it because I want hat. to. Sure. But yeah, it's like I'm not that excited about it. Like I just, you know. Mm-hmm. And then once I, but I, I was too involved. I had this fiance, and you know, I was in love, or mm-hmm. so I thought. And he gave me this horrible guilt trip about being in school. He was, he was a dick. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was a horrible person at the time. We were horrible together. Right. But like, he gave me a guilt trip for leaving and going to school. And, and I, I fell into that trap. I was like, I just miss my boyfriend and I never finished school because of, because of just insecurities and not, and being too involved in my addictions too. Mm -hmm. I, I could not find drugs or weed on the regular. I went through withdrawals and it was, you know, even I was in a dry County too. I couldn't even get booze. It was horrible. It was really hard. College to, was or home was? College was. Wow. Home was easy. I could steal shit from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there were dry counties still yeah. in Texas. No, I went to school in Oklahoma. Oh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where my uncle's from. Yeah, yeah, I know there's some dry counties there. Yep, 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 yep. yep so yep. we couldn't, you know, we couldn't have any of that. And I remember I went home. I took the Greyhound bus. For 19 hours to go home to visit my fiance or boyfriend. I don't think we were engaged at the time. I can't remember. Whatever. So I took the Greyhound bus 19 hours. That was a story in itself. And uh, what would be like an eight-hour drive was 19 hours on a fucking bus. <laughs> and then, so I get I get home and I arrive in Houston downtown, the Greyhound bus station. And I had, you know, I had this, like, dude on a bicycle. He looked at me, and he was like, Bitch! You're fucking crazy! I'm like, excuse me? He's like, you're out here alone at three in the morning, and you're fucking white? Like, what is wrong with you? You know? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, that's a great observation, because I couldn't couldn't agree with you more on this. Like, I'm kind of scared. I don't want to be here. (laughs) So then my boyfriend picked me up, you know, and I came back. So, whatever. I spent 
the week there. Came back to school. Took 12 hours to get back to school on the Greyhound bus. And I had all my pipes with me. And, you know, I tried to bring weed back, but, you know, that doesn't last that long. Mm-hmm. And I, But I had all these pipes that were filled with resin. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't even know. I'm sure some of these pipes were just fucking gross and dirty. I felt like such a crackhead, you know. Yeah. Like scraping the resin, just trying to get high, you know. And, like trying to figure out like where can I get some blow you know like sure. I don't even know what the fuck I stuck up my nose it's probably laxatives for all I know who knows like that shit's nasty you know when they cut you know? any kind of white pad or like hair on or whatever yeah. cocaine coming any by the time it gets to Ugh, I don't even want to know from, the uni- from there to the United States yeah. it's cut six times and it's like Ugh. talcum powder baby powder Oh, like laxative See, shit. And I thought that know, I was smart bowling. for going to the Latin boys, you know, in Houston. And I was like, fuck it, these guys are like pure, like they got some pure good cocaine. Mm-hmm. No, that's just dirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember I took a bunch when I was out spring break my senior year. This is the only time I did mm-hmm. a spring break because my mom had finally started to come into a little more money. She'd been promoted to mm-hmm. full professor where she worked, you know. So I was kind of, I, I don't know if she felt guilt over years of not mm-hmm. being able to provide her son with as much fun as a lot of his counterparts and everything yeah. and money. But she said, why don't you take a break, you know, spring break or whatever, uh, go somewhere nice. And I went out to San Francisco with one of my best friends. I'd never been out there. My mom was all like, oh, it's my favorite city ever. Like, yeah, you're going to love it, blah, 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 blah. Make sure you go to Sausalito and get, like, some of those Ghirardelli chocolate things. And I'm, like, thinking, like, where the fuck's the Coke going to be, you know? Yeah. And we get out there, and we start looking. One of our buddies says, all right, I know somebody. And we go and buy this two-gram bag of what's supposed to be Coke. Mm -hmm. And that shit was cut up with speed, crystal, whatever. I was awake for three days straight. I had about 92 cold sores on my goddamn tongue, you know. And I I finally, like, one day into it, I started getting them heart palpitations. And, like, each beat was painful, you know, for, like, three hours. Then it came down. Then, you know, I was, like, walking around. I couldn't stomach a meal. And then finally, on the flight home, I caught, like, a few hours of sleep on the mm-hmm. red eye. That got back to my apartment in Wisconsin, ripped some tubes, and passed out for 18 hours straight. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's that kind of shit that I think back on, and I'm like... Yeah. Don't miss it. No, nah, I don't. I, don't I, I feel you. I know the last... Last time I did some blow, it's been a long time, but actually, I'll never forget that. That was um, that was right before Thanksgiving in 2010, and my one of my best friends that I grew up with was here visiting, and um, or no, she just moved here. So sorry, she just moved to DC, and she had just gone through detox, and. Uh, we grew up together in Houston, but she lived in D.C. for, like, a year, year and a half or something like that. So she just got through detox, just moved to D.C. I took her out, not realizing, because she was going through detox for heroin. I was, like, at the time, I was so selfish. Didn't even realize, like, okay, well, you're not going to do heroin, but you can drink and do some blow. It'll be mm-hmm. fine, right? Like, it's cool, right? You're, yeah. As long as you're not shooting up, like, that's cool, right? Yeah. Dude, I know. <laughs> so then we went out that night... Got blackout, wasted, drunk, you know, doing blow, four deep in a single stall bathroom. I had, I I mean, I was so fucking, like, gone. I woke up, and I ended up in the hospital not long after, but I had a kidney, I had had some kidney issues at that time, like, bad, everything was shutting down, it was gross. So, I had a kidney infection from, I swear to God, it was an accumulation of things but that blow that I did I don't even know what the fuck it was yeah. it did something nasty to my yeah. kidneys did you have to pass a stone no I didn't get kidney okay. stones I had um, it, they were just failing they weren't I had to go in Ooh. and get everything flushed out and um, many emergency rooms <laughs> but yeah dude yeah and then come to find out so she uh, she she died December 4th that year 
wow. of, a, of a heroin overdose. And I took her out. I took her right back out after detox. And that is a guilt that I know I need to let go of. Because mm-hmm. obviously, in, you know, in the program, people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. If it's not you that they're going to find drugs from, it's good, they're going to find it from somebody else, you know. But yeah, she died of, a, of an overdose. And um, wow. that, that was still not a wake-up call for me. But it was enough to where I was like, well, then I'm not going to do blow anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that hyperbolic yeah. discounting when you just get into yeah. another thing that should have changed your whole fucking life. And yeah. you just say, oh, I just won't drink and drive. Or yeah. Like, yeah. I, so I went through that. Definitely. Yeah. After that is when I, I my drinking just escalated. Huge. Big, big time. And it was uncontrollable. You know, and I think, because uh, I had gone through spouts, binge drinking here and there, and then I would be like, all right, I need to take a break. I'm having kidney problems. Like, you know, I, I should stop drinking for a little bit. And But at that point, after she died, it was it was bad. And then my other girlfriend that I grew up with, too, she died a year later of an overdose. So wow. it, was, it was then another year in 2012 when I finally was like, Cause my kidneys were shutting down and my, I had a urologist. She was like, you're going to be on dialysis before you're 30. I was 28 at the time. And she was like, you need to make some serious changes in your life. And I finally, I finally said, okay, I'm ready to stop everything. Wow. And that's when I met my first sponsor. We went to hair school together <laughs> and we went to go see one of our friends. And, uh, she was like, I have to be back in the city at like four or whatever. And I was thinking she had a hair class or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to an AA meeting. And I was so depressed. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I am done. I am ready. I am tired of this life. I'm tired of not knowing what I did, who I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired of being in the ER. I'm tired of, like, having kidney issues. I'm tired of my friends dying. I'm tired of all of this. So... And, and no treatment or anything, just AA? No, I did not have the luxury of going to rehab. Good for you. I really wish I did in a lot of cases, but no, I didn't I didn't go to rehab. I think there's a wrong way to get it. I mean, I went two times a week for about a year, and then I went to two meetings a day for the first year. Now, I went to this spot. It was the one up in Tenley because yeah. one of my buddies was in there already. And he later relapsed like a few months in and then he went to jail a few times. Now he just got back out and from what I'm hearing rumbling in the street he may be going back in or something. Yeah, it's a big fucking disaster. But, you know, I I definitely think it all helped. And one thing I made sure, and I even said this one (laughs) in a meeting, maybe like my second year in, I remember Mm -hmm. saying... One of the main reasons I will not drink mm-hmm. <laughs> or use drugs ever again is so I don't have to come back here and take all this fucking shitty advice again <laughs> from everybody that's in here oh. all the time. And this guy in front yeah. of me said, God damn it, that's right. You know, and I, and I met him after he had 20 yeah. years and he was that's like, incredible. yeah, I go maybe one time a week or something yeah. or a month but I don't want to come back here and have to listen yeah. to everybody's like oh you need to work this step or read this thing or do that or yeah. do this you like to get to the point where you're doing so well that people don't really feel like they can just come up and mm-hmm. offer their unsolicited advice yes. unless of course like they're delusional and, yeah. and there's some of those people in there I mean poor guys they just kind of like have this mentality like yeah. it's the whole program the book or nothing yeah. like I've had people come up to me and maybe you have too and they'll say you know if you read this page in the book yeah oh yeah <laughs> well, I'm curious so as a dude mm-hmm. do you guys get 13th stepped by women you know or is it more common because I got I got the shit 13th stepped out of me and it was creepy and it was it made me not want to go yeah you know? well but I kept going. Yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't 13 steps some, you know. Yeah. It just depends how you define that. Like, 
is it you know you don't get in a relationship for your first year because i remember hearing oh dude that did i didn't follow that i didn't follow that shit (laughs) i ended up marrying the guy (laughs) yeah yeah and they weren't you know every girl i was with in aa and there were a few of them um i think the attraction was mutual Mm -hmm. now I also thought, I don't know, like, my old, my sponsor was a lot older. He was this old white guy. had been in the FBI. He was, like, 70. Oh, wow. And he was a stud. And he, mm-hmm. you know, told me, he's like, you know, that stuff about nothing in the first year was just made up by all the people that aren't getting any. And <laughs> I'd look around, and I was like, you know, yeah. some of the people I see that are, like, Telling girls that I would date or whatever, like, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, hanging around Petey or doing this or talking to any guys. A lot of them were kind of like spinstresses. And I just sort of said, eh, nuts to that. So, but I mean, I don't know. But but when you ask that question, you mean like, I don't know, like a cougar doing it or like a. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's happened. Like, you know, where the older women will kick game or something mm-hmm. and I'm just like well you know I'm kind of like 25 but I, I didn't ever take <laughs> it like oh I need to like you yeah. know call a group conscience yeah. and get somebody banished or oh god or yeah. anything like that I, I don't know did you I mean yeah I'm sure you got I crept got, on I did I did and I had one dude who but I was so vulnerable I'm not gonna lie like I think back at him I'm embarrassed that I actually let this happen but you know, shit happens, right? So no- nothing yeah. actually, like, escalated into anything. However, I, I did, like, this creepy dude. I don't even remember his name. But he... F- I, so I, I lived, like, a block and a half from, from the club that we met at. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, the first week or whatever, I was going to meetings. He, he like, walked me home. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I can trust this dude. He's, he's sober, you know, yeah. and my neighbor was a raging alcoholic, and he was totally shit faced. Mm. I had a decision like I didn't want to be rude to this this man that I met, you know, and he's sober, and I was thinking I could get some wisdom from him. Right. And then I had this like crazy drunk ass neighbor. I had to get out of the situation. I needed to go into my apartment. Right. So he, I invited the guy into my apartment so we could further talk about AA. Right. Mm bad decision uh-huh. like really bad decision mind you I was also still smoking weed like at the time uh-huh. so I was like I straight up loaded a bowl and got high in front of this guy but I wasn't drinking <laughs> hey it's a program of yeah, abstinence from alcohol exactly but you know <laughs> but I, and, I, and I think back at it I'm like god this dude like why did he follow me home why did he go into my apartment and think that that was okay uh-huh. you know and then obviously why did I do that you know uh-huh. I, did, I really had I had good intentions because I was seeking help and advice uh-huh. I don't know why this dude who had X amount of years several years you know why he thought that that was a good idea I don't yeah know. I don't know it happens I mean and a lot of it's just stupid oh, shit oh and he left hot dogs at my house he oh. bought hot dogs and he left them in my fridge to, I think, as an excuse to come back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah and that I, old. And then he, I saw him like a week later. Yarn. He's like, "Hey, can I, uh, can I come over and and get my hot dogs and make some lunch?" And I was like, "No, I threw out your hot dogs. You're not going to come over anymore." Because yeah. <laughs> I told uh. my sponsor, I was like, "I'm kind of freaked out about this dude. Yeah. I don't want him over in my house. Yeah. I think that was a, I got the instinct. I was like, it's a bad idea." Yeah, I mean, I doubt it happens to men as much as it does women. That would yeah. be a pretty ridiculous assumption, I think. But I definitely think that, too, when people are, like, new, mm-hmm. of both sexes, too, maybe they're not thinking their old behaviors are, like, mm-hmm. inappropriate necessarily. Yeah. And they just take it in there and yeah. one thing comes another. And I don't know. It's, it, I mean, it can get extreme. You it, know? Yeah, no, I bet it. I yeah. definitely think it can, and it's. I don't know what to say about it any more yeah. than that. Or Me neither. Do about it. It's just <laughs> one of them. It's it's one of those realities yeah. of whatever. You know? Yeah, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. <laughs> so what? Um, 
what got you getting the hairstyle? And that is this oh. was this since sobriety or was this before? No. Um, so I, I've been doing hair roughly about twenty years, but I didn't. I haven't done it professionally for maybe about nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the industry. My grandmother was a stylist, and um, when I was a teenager, I so my brother and I were like these punk rock kids, you know. Um, I think I was more in the metal scene. Kyle, my brother, was more in the punk rock scene. But whatever. Mm-hmm. My point is, I would do their hair. Like, I would get the crazy mohawks and, like, you know, Liberty Spikes and all this other shit. I would do that in return for drugs or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Good to know so, your vices. I know, right? So, well, I don't drink soda anymore. But at the time, yeah, dude, I was all about that, you know. Anyone who's from Houston knows about, like, Dr. Pepper and Shipley's Donuts. Mm-hmm. I was like, hook it up with some kolaches or donuts. Mm-hmm. I got your hair. Like, I got you. Or cigarettes and drugs, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I did that. Um, and I and I did my friend's hair. And I gave some shitty haircuts because I was not professionally trained. Right. But, you know, I'd always been in the salon. I'd always watched. And I was always fascinated with the artistry of hair and the chemistry behind uh, products and color. So, I, you know. That's an interesting thing because the last guest I had on this podcast is my buddy Corey that's a a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. And that's how he got started too, was like giving tattoos to his buddies. Yeah. You know, and he looks back, he's like, I was a dumbass, but then he went, I think, and got the certificate or whatever. But I don't know, he didn't really have all that much professional Training. It was just something kind of within yeah. that he had to do. And, yeah. And that's kind of how it is with me with comedy. It was just something that I found I was good at. I, I Really, some of my first open mics were AA meetings. Yeah. That's I would so just, cool. We, we love to see your comedy. Yeah. I, yeah, we had such a good time when we came to see that show. We loved it. And I loved how, like, they were ripping on Sean. And me too, you know. And they were like, "I bet you guys, you know, what did they say? You probably eat vegan and tofu and shit." (laughs) And we're like, "No, no, we eat meat," (laughs) you know. They're like, "They're like, oh, oh, okay. I bet you guys, you know, listen to emo or whatever." And I was like, "No, no, we got a wide array of music, you know. Like they tried so hard, but I don't know if it really worked. But we had so much fun. Oh no, that was great. I mean, the thing about that is, if you can, as a comic, pinpoint like a general stereotype based on someone's appearance, as long as you get everybody else laughing, whether the target disagrees, agrees, or it's not true to them, nobody could give a damn. I wasn't there a table of girls that. I do remember that. That was like, God, that was two they, years ago. I, I think so. Yeah. And then he made an outcast reference. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I did. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? I can't uh, remember. No, not you. The some of the other guys. He, one of the other guys made an outcast reference, and I forgot. <laughs> I complete. I can't think of it right now. But it was hilarious because I I said the rest of the line, and he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. Yeah. No, I mean. So, I never took a course in comedy, and a lot of people did. Really? That's an interesting thing. I mean, they have one, they do at the DC Improv, where you pay like 300 bucks, and you do it four times, I guess, for a month, and you, the last one, you have like some kind of a showcase for the graduates or whatever. So, you're all natural. I'm all natural. That's very cool. I couldn't, I couldn't do a course. I thought, even when I heard about it, I was Mm -hmm. like, I think this is a dilute whatever yeah. you naturally bring um but some people have stayed in it but most of them don't yeah. i've found they kind of just say all right this was cool. a bucket list thing it's not yeah. what i thought it was gonna be and now i'll go back to you gotta have some thick skin to to do what you do you oh, thanks. i admire that i think that's so cool i yeah. really that's one thing i would like to be able to do Really? But I'm not funny, and what am I gonna do? Nah, stand up on you're stage? Funny stuff. I don't. But I could never. I could never go up on stage and actually like present it. You know, that's an art. Yeah. That's the true art that you have. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, and and AA was a good place to practice. I'll tell you all yeah. the shares and the leads and all that sort of stuff. It was just kind of like 
and, well, anything and goes seeing, in meetings. Well, yeah, and seeing what gets what kind of reactions mm-hmm. to somebody set goes too far, or somebody goes far enough, or someone like Justin, our old buddy, <laughs> will go so far, oh and it'll get people like you and oh. I going ballistically hilarious. But then other people are kind of like groaning, or so like, much so that they kick him out. Yeah. They're, so they're they, just salty ass motherfuckers. Yeah, they can't are. Take it, you know? So what was the final straws or lines that got him booted? Dude, I don't know. Because everything's been done with him. I, I know. Like, I don't even know, like, where to pinpoint it. Because I feel like if you even try to think of the most crude situation, yeah. like, he's been there, done that. Yeah. Like, you there know? was a scenario, thanks to Facebook, I remember, that got him in a little trouble back yeah. in 09. Because there were all these girls, they, they were younger, they are like 24, 22, 25. Mm-hmm. And they would go out and get dressed up and they were cute or whatever and go clubbing and they'd take these like group pictures like we're about to go to the club blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and Justin would be like wow look at you gorgeous vixens or something <laughs> and he would say who's mega rack over there on the right or oh something like that and then this one girl was like that's so disrespectful of that girl <laughs> and like you know e-flaming yeah. him or whatever and then later and but then you know there was a lot of difference of opinion on Justin and whether that was cool or not and some of the girls that were in that picture were like eh, I think he's harmless one was like I think he's a really smart and sweet guy it's not like dude he is insanely smart yeah he is very very smart yeah he is and he is hilarious he's and read everything I got a lot I got a lot of love for him yeah. and Christine I really yeah. do I got so much love and respect for both of them they hired me I mean like yeah. when I was one year sober I took care of an old man that mm. Christine was a probate lawyer for yeah. out in uh, Illinois, or, or not Illinois, Illinois Ave. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like 85, suffering from dementia. Um, he just, his family had just kind of been done with him, you know, they yeah. didn't want to deal with it. So his estate went to probate. And the guy was hilarious. Like he would have, he had twenty hunting rifles or guns, like in his house, in the walls, and everywhere. Wow! And if there was a burglary in the neighborhood one night, the next night he'd be walking around with a piece, like eighty-five, like hunched over, like Ooh, you know. And Christine got all the guns taken out by the police and everything. Got wow. like an order, and then one day, um, so I was the home health aide. They would pay me when I was mm-hmm. in grad school. <laughs> and so then one day she says I'm gonna get him some new carpet and he goes I don't want no new carpet it's my home you know you can't do this she's like that carpet's like 20 years old this is disgusting these are your golden years we're just gonna take care of you and all this stuff you know that's so sweet it was but he was like I don't want no damn carpet you know and then she'd walk away and I'd tell him I'd say you know Mr. Smith like uh the carpet is pretty disgusting, yeah. and frankly, they say you should change it every five years because, like, protozoa and yeah. spirogyrus get in there. And he's like, oh, you in the wrong line of work, now. You should have been a carpet salesman. <laughs> <laughs> and just was like, <laughs> because he knew I was trying to sell yeah. him a bill of goods or lighten the load a little bit, but he just was like... He's like not having it. Nah, because it was his <laughs> castle. He was a yeah. roofer. He, he likes to walk around his in money. his own crusted yeah. decade DNA, you know, in his carpet. That's poor, gross. Poor guy. <laughs> like, before me, though, there were two other aides. One was this woman and girl about my age, like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And he was like 85, and he would like hit on her and be like, hey, I'm 75, or something, and lie about his age. <laughs> Ooh, 75 versus 85. So, oh, thank you. I'm going to mint here. I have here. coffee breath. It's gross. Yeah, I got sun chips and Coca-Cola. Nice. Cheese and Coca-Cola. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, you know, like, they really did a lot for me and let mm-hmm. me know I could be, like, kind of crazy and still be sober. And I would right. hang around with them a lot of nights Mm -hmm. I never really hung with like age appropriate people in AA yeah same or something I I couldn't get with the whole like social scene because all them people would kind of have like a thing where you had to be doing like step work too and you had to be like going to this meeting to look cool and 
tell you, you know, dress this way or that way. And one of them was even like a cult, you know? Yes. Yeah, you know about all that. I know that. I think I know which mm-hmm. meeting you're talking about. Mm-hmm. DCYP or whatever. I don't know if I'm yeah, 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 yeah. No, we all know. I hated that meeting. The I young peoples yeah. of DC. I mean, that's not news. There's a yeah. Washington Post articles about all that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, dating God, back. I didn't even know that. Yeah, dating back to like... It was a Newsweek piece really? about them in May 7th, 2007. Shit. I even got interviewed for it. They didn't put up my name in there or anything like that, but yeah. Because wow. I knew people from high school that had been in there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And one of them had like a nervous breakdown and everything, and then she yeah. got ostracized by them. They totally just like sent her on their way, and then... There were a few that did okay in it, but they were, like, pretty dumb people in high yeah. school that I knew and everything, and real susceptible to shit, yeah. like brainwashing, so I wasn't, like, shocked, you know? Yeah. And I remember just walking around, looking at everybody, and being like, this is not good. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier, like, you hear the same shit, the same rhetoric, the same... It's... The repetition behind it cannot be advantageous to your sobriety Mm-mm. you know what i mean like how mm-hmm. how is that really how is that really going to help yeah like, well how are you going to make a decision when it's not there right that's that was my other thing mm-hmm. that's why i went to bars my first year sober really i went did you really i sure did out from the first week on wow it, actually that I, makes sense i bartended too the first like i was still bartending Oh, yeah. And that shit was hard. It was like the first three months in. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta, that's your way of keeping it real. Yeah. You know? Well, to me, it was like. I wouldn't recommend that for. I, no, I don't know. recommend it for hardly anybody. But to each their own. Each right. their own, but I don't think most people are strong enough to do that. Yeah. But I think that my decision was like, I was done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything was gonna make it any easier. Put it yeah. that way, like yeah. getting away from alcohol. The liquor store's there, every corner, you know, you gotta you gotta go to Mars if you're gonna like ditch yeah. alcohol. So yeah. I was like, let me get in some situations where there are some triggers and we'll see what I do. And yeah. I, I was pretty certain oh, by God I made up my mind and here yeah. we are. I mean it just But you know a funny thing happened, like maybe like a couple years in I started not liking being around mm-hmm. bars after yeah. what being sober two years because I'd watch mm-hmm. people not progress. It was just a sick sight. Yeah. To yeah, see yep, people. For, yep. And I don't want to sound like yeah. a fucking Puritan or nothing, but like. No, I understand. You watch people you know get in dumb situations, yeah. screw up, and just kind of waste mm-hmm. so much time, money, whatever, mm-hmm. and then wonder about what's wrong. And you're just yeah. like, dude, I don't need to be. Like, this yeah. is not pleasurable for me, nor is it, like, I don't want to enable any mm-hmm. of this, you know? Like, yep. first I thought, oh, maybe I'd be the good example, like, sitting around at a bar. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. It's you're, boring. You're just looked at like dork, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's, it is boring. I've, I've been to a couple of bars and restaurants, you know, for, I don't know, birthday parties or, or, or whatever may have you, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just fucking boring, yeah. you know? And I, I never thought I would ever say that because mm-hmm. I think in early sobriety I was like, what am I going to do? That's all I do. Yeah. You know, I lived like a few blocks from the bar I worked at. Everything was in my neighborhood, my bar. So so was AA. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it was all my drinking spots were all in walking distance, you know. And when I got sober, I was like, what am I going to do with my free time? You know, yeah. like do it. And I did. I went to meetings and it was it was. I hated it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I never was passionate about AA. Yeah. That's, you know, some people are truly passionate about it, but I never got into a situation where I was like, I I just, I'm going to write love notes to AA. No. Yeah. No. I think, I don't know, it's a generational thing, because yeah. my spots are really liked it. I mean, he got tired of it the older he got, mm-hmm. but he kind of was like, you know, when I first got in here and there was no fucking around and it was yeah. there was nothing else out there for any kind of treatment yeah. or whatever, it was still looked at as like a moral failing. Yeah. Um, yeah. This yeah. is what we had. So, and doctors would tell me, you're not going to make it yeah. and all this shit. But so it fucking works. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, no, it's a pragmatic crazy. kind of thing. I mean, I do think being in mental health now and seeing mm-hmm. people that get into like a community feel from yeah. it or whatever, yeah. that's a good thing. Like people need people that care about them, just yeah. productive people that want to see them succeed and It's like flourish. church, people that go to yeah. church, you know. Right, that's some and other it, thing I don't believe in, but yeah. I get why for some people that works. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, it, it's it like for a long time. I think AA was like my church, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I occasionally do go to church, mm-hmm. but I'm also I'm a believer, you know. Oh, okay. But, but I, oh, I didn't know that. No, that's okay. I mean, it. But that I've gone on all sides of the spectrum. Like mm-hmm. I, I went from growing up in a household that was like predominantly Church of Christ, mm-hmm. and you were condemned to hell if you even like take one sip. So obviously, I was told that my soul will be damned to hell mm-hmm. at a very young age. So then I went to like not believing at all. Sure. You know, but everything changed. I spent a month in Israel and everything changed after that. It was kind of hard for me not to think about God. And it was kind of hard for hmm. me not to like. When was me, this? This was in 2010. Oh, wow. And I got sober in 2012. Hmm. So even more like there's one part of, you know, God will do it for you, which you can't do for yourself. Sure. Anything. Like it's kind of hard not to think about that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But it, it's again to each their own. Like I'm not here to tell it to like preach to you because I don't, I don't, I never liked it when people do that to me. So that's not my point. Oh no, I know, you know? that. Um, but yeah, for me, like that's it's different with everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes AA, the community can be, it can it can be an entire life for somebody. You know, they live, breathe, and eat it. Just like church can yeah. live, breathe, and eat it. For me. Neither of those things I live, eat, and breathe. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just about my baby and working and trying to pay my bills <laughs> and feed my kids. Which has got to be <laughs> insane. So yeah. so you told me earlier you're working, like, what, seven days a week now? Five, um, six? Sometimes six. Uh-huh. Yeah, it just depends. Like, sometimes it's, sometimes it's really early in the morning. And then sometimes I don't have anyone booked, so uh-huh. that's cool. You know, I can sleep and close my book and sleep in cool. you know, a little bit. But and are you moving soon? Um, I will be moving in six months. Wow. To, but I'm not going that far. I'll still be around the city, but I'll be, like, further into Virginia, just where it's cheaper because everything's stupid expensive here now. It is. Will you be doing hair at the same spot, or are you going to move um, or stay with the glam squad and... I don't, you know, that's a good question. I, th- I mean, I'm still going to have my clientele that I'll come into the city for because mm-hmm. it, it's taking me a long time to get them and I want to keep them, you know. Yeah. They've been really good to me, so I want to be good to them. I don't want to just yeah, up yeah. and ghost and be like, bye, y'all. Yeah. But, um, so I'll do what I can to keep them. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have some tricks up my sleeve. I got a business plan I'm working on. Good. All right. So we'll see. I'll still do hair, you know, and I love it. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. It's fantastic. Yeah. And you'll still come out to a show every once in a while? You bet I will. Woo! Sean and I both will. You just tell me where and when. And, sure and, will. I, I should yeah. have mentioned it. I, I hosted for Rich Voss like two weekends yeah. ago at Arlington uh, Cinema Draft House yeah, up on the man, main stage. I should have totally. I put it on Facebook, but then, you know, people don't check. Oh, I don't it's. Yeah. I have a list of people that like always say I need, but I know you'll come because you came. So I yeah. need to just next time when there's like a club show, be like, yes. I mean, it's and we need a date night, you know. Yeah. So I can have my my one of my best friends, Nadia. She lives down the street, and she's like my sister. And she, I, you know, Olivia loves her. It's her auntie Nadia. So she, yeah, she, just tell me when and where, and I'll drop the baby off, and we'll come out and have a date night and laugh. And have a good time. Fantastic. And people can make fun of us. You can make fun of me if you want. If I see you in the front row. Don't make me cry, though. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I don't know. I'm pretty good. I stick to my act. If I can find something really funny, I'll yeah. fuck with it. But generally, you got to If you were to pick laugh. on me, what would you say? I would say... I'll say, like, everybody's stupid with that bespectacled bitch right in the front row <laughs> or something. <laughs> that's been an adjective that's worked yeah. really well. It's a good modifier for a word like bitch or something yeah. like that or whatever. Cause then, it's not offensive because I know you. Yeah. But if I didn't know you, I would be like, like what the Ugh. fuck? Ugh. Yeah. The nerve on this prick. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, but people do, it's interesting like that. Like, people do get 
mad about some jokes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I always thought if you're going to go to a comedy show, be prepared for the exactly. worst. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and give a little benefit of the doubt. I'm not there to totally scare you. But, I mean, some of my ideas, and I pride myself on it, are scary. I don't, yeah. I like to... You know, people say push the envelope. I just, yeah. I had a little anthrax. You like to ruffle those feathers. You know? I, I respect that. Why not? I like that. Because my jokes sometimes are like, like I got called a transphobe recently because. Did you really? Yeah, because I have. But you're not, a, you're not that. No, I'm not. not. At all. Uh, but this guy, he was a dude we even paid, me and one of my buddies, to have on a show. Mm-hmm. But he came and he watched and. I have a joke about gender fluidity Mm -hmm. because I'd never heard of such a thing until I'd met this one girl and she had another friend that was kind of attractive and I thought was checking me out whatever so I remember being like yo what's her deal and she was like "Um, their deal you mean and I was like oh shit I was like okay but what what does that mean because I'd not heard you could be you could like not be oh, the yeah. gender binary yeah. at the time it's very complex but the more you hear about it and the more you learn about it it's it's actually very cool you know it's I mean I, I'm still foreign to it I know a yeah. few people that go by that like go by they or their right. and it's and I have to catch myself because I don't want to be disrespectful right because I still I met them when they were she yeah or I met them when they were a he right you know and now he is now a she or she is now a they right right so it, you know it's and the premise education is, is what it really is no, that's what you it know. boils down to. But yeah. part of my act too is like I'm kind of smart, but I'm dumb, you know. So like You're I still not dumb. Ah, but sort of like so I say like, but you know, in, in the situation though, I kind of was because I was taken aback, and I'm yeah. like they, and I was like, what the fuck is they? You know, yeah. I'm like so the joke basically goes, I'm like, and she's like their deal, and I was like, nah, I'm pretty sure that bitch one plural, you know, and she says. <laughs> No, 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 they're gender fluid. And I'm like, what about it? Is it sperm or egg? You know, and she says, no, gender fluidity refers to the postmodern deconstruction of gender, which specifically states that any individual can identify with whatever gender they want. E.g., they wake up in the morning, they're a woman, they watch two episodes of Deadliest Catch, they're a man. You fucking racist, you know? She didn't say it quite like that. That's just me exaggerating, you know what I mean? But, like, then I said, like, all right, you know, let me take a step back before I say something politically incorrect for the mm-hmm. first time in my life and shit. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, uh, are they preoperative or postoperative? Okay, so, see, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. So this is like a battle of the cognitive dissonance that we have in, yeah. in any direction, right? Yeah. So if you are unfamiliar with it, of course it's going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. New information. What? So, I hear you. Uh... There was a there was a video I saw on Facebook recently where um, there which I don't know like what they were born as and that's irrelevant that doesn't right. even matter you know because right. they said they said on the video um, so basically when you ask are you a he or a she you are trying to figure out what my genitalia consists of mm-hmm. and if you think about that that is pretty invasive mm-hmm. you know it it like. What does your penis look like? Mm-hmm. What does my vagina look like? Mm-hmm. Like, who, is that really is that really important? Is yeah. that really relevant? Right. So, once you like think about it and step in, step into their shoes, like it, it's new information, right? And it's something that we have to kind of shut up and think about and educate ourselves on. No, However, as a comedian, yeah. you've said something about this. I can't remember exactly what you had said, but you have to you have to get uncomfortable. Like that's a part of being a comedian. Yeah. You have to like. You have to have you get shit like shit on people, get shit on like yeah. that's that's a part of being a comedian. I mean, who knows? In a couple years, that joke could be outdated. I mean, but it is a but yeah. it's a smart joke because then it goes on where I say like, all right, are they pre-op or post-op? I'm like that's what's important here. I was like, as long as the hardware is there, I don't give a fuck about the software. You know what I mean? There you go. And I'm like, you know, like for me, sexual chemistry's never been about what the other person thinks about themselves. Yeah. You know, and I say like, like I've been with women who identified as attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? And that gets a big boom. Ooh. But, and people love that joke, but but including yeah. a 
couple people I know is transgender mm-hmm. spouses and stuff. They yeah. got nuts. But this yeah. guy, for whatever reason, thought... Yeah. But... I mean, you can't have, you can't go to a comedy show and, like, have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? About certain things. Like, Much you have to be... Open. it. I know. Like... <laughs> you exactly you have to kind of be open-minded there was a dude i dated a long like a while ago and this was before the whole binary like all all of that gender fluidity like that was before a lot of that came to surface right um and i remember him telling me that he dated uh this chick and she had a dick Mm -hmm. and i was like that was new information to me i was like what does that mean you're gay like mm-hmm. i don't understand like, yeah, yeah, i don't necessarily yeah. want to get down with you because y- you secretly like penis mm-hmm. you know like i don't i'm just not about that like, sure so and now now that all of this is coming up i'm trying to be more open-minded like yeah. no that doesn't mean he was gay that right. means he actually just genuinely like loved this person for who they were yeah. and not necessarily what was in their pants right you know right 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 which is which is he also had Asperger's, so it was yeah. like there's a whole another intellect that sure. I don't even understand because the mindset of like that's incredible, right? But yeah, I don't. I, it's new. It's new. I don't know. And the more I find out about it, the more I'm like, I was kind of a dick about it to him. Yeah, you know? I mean that's beautiful. I mean, not enough to get me to bang a chick with a dick, but yeah, definitely. Well, I know, right? But, but like, somebody else. I hey, mean, I still had sex with him. I he had a huge him. dick, and I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. However, you know, oh my god, if my husband hears this, he's gonna get so upset. That was a while ago. That was a long. That was before him and I were ever like a thing. But hey, you know, that at that time, alcoholism hey, makes things kind of nebulous. Exactly, sometimes. and that, I did not have sober <laughs> sex that entire time. So that was definitely a part of like fucked up Megan Land. Like that was definitely like I've got to be wasted to have sex. So, oh lord, that. yep, yep, yep. Wow, well, I think this is a positive note to end this episode on. <laughs> so, going forward, where can people get their hair cut by you? Oh, check out uh, uh, Moody Hair Art. I'm sorry. No, that's not right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't want to no, say, no, no. you don't no, have no. to. No, no, MeganMoodyHair.com. It's M-E-G-H-A-N, Moody, M-O-O-D-Y. Uh, Megan Moody Hair Art. Megan, wait, what the fuck is my website? <laughs> I don't even know. Take your time. I'm sorry. She's a really I mean, good business also, person, believe it or I'm don't. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. So I'm on Instagram and I. The product sells itself. I, uh, I, thank you. Moody Hair Artist. Moody, just, yeah, Megan Moody Hair. Sorry. MeganMoodyHair.com or go to Instagram, Moody Hair Artist, whatever. You can Google me. I come up, Megan Moody. Boom. So, boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Nice. And of course, you can find me, Petey Steele, Facebook, Steelborn DC, S T E E L E B O R N D C, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I don't know what I have coming up. The next big thing, the cellar door in Frederick. I will be headlining the Thanksgiving weekend Sunday. Oh, that's so awesome. Everybody should come. It'd be $5. I'm doing 45 minutes. It's going to be a fucking cop car pile up because I'm not totally ready. Um, but it's <laughs> going to be hilarious. So you should come through. Uh, that's 5 North Market Street, Frederick, 7 p.m. Uh, November the 20th. Oh, what the fuck date will that be? You want to look at Thursday. a calendar? Yeah, I think it'll be the... 23rd? No. No, it'll be the 30th. 30th. Of November. No, 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 no. 25th. <laughs> nope, nope. No! Shit, 26th. 26th. Okay. November 26th, Sunday, 2017, 7 p.m., $5. PD Steel. It's going to be fucking amazing. In Frederick, right? Frederick, North Market Street. 5 North Market Street. So, again, I want to thank uh, Megan Moody or Megan Leonard. I go by both. By both. <laughs> Moody, the professional. Leonard, the you know wife. Um, for coming in. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll definitely do it again sometime. I think Absolutely. it's going to be great. Thank All you. right. Take care, everybody. Peace.